That's where he messes up. He left you half alive, which means you got enough life in you to come back. And when you come back, you come back stronger than you were before. See, he thinks he's leaving you half dead. No, he's leaving you half alive. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you who are joining us by television, those of you joining us at airjesus.com. Stay tuned to today's message. Today we're on part three of something we started a few weeks ago, entitled Overcoming Adversity. Overcoming Adversity. And let's, let's begin today with a uh, scripture over in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. When you get there, say amen. It says something here about adversity, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. Let's read it together in unison. Ready? Read. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Notice that. If you faint... In the day of adversity, your strength is small. So in other words, it's letting us know that when adversity comes to us, we are not to faint, we're not to cave in, we're not to quit, we're not to give up, we're not to surrender, we're not to allow adversity to defeat us. So notice it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So in other words... We're supposed to fight. We're supposed to overcome. We're supposed to conquer and win over the problems of life, over adversity. God expects us to rise to the occasion, to bounce back, to have some fortitude and some attitude to win over the problems of life. Amen? And so it's simply letting us know, notice that it it says... If thou faint in the, in the day of adversity, you know, that day comes to all of us. It, it is a day where we're all faced. But the good news is that even though adversity comes against us, we can overcome adversity. Amen. That's the good news. That, that something on the inside of us, the power of Christ, the power of our Lord Jesus Christ working in us enables us to overcome any obstacle that comes against us or that we have to face in life. I like something that uh, Jeffrey uh, <clears throat> Jittermore, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's the way you pronounce his, uh, it sounds funny, but I'm assuming that's the way you pronounce his last name. But he said this, and I like it. He said, obstacles can't stop you. Problems can't stop you. Most of all, other people can't stop you. Only you can stop you. Only you can stop you. Peter sent me, um, our technician, our audiovisual technician upstairs, he sent me an interesting video clip last week. And it was very interesting. It was uh, a gentleman who had, he had no arms. He had no legs, and so he was really, he was almost just a torso. He almost had nothing. His body really stopped, you know, really almost at his waist. So he was just, he had a head and down to his waist, and that was it. He had no arms, no legs, 
And um, this gentleman was actually on stage motivating and inspiring people. And it was just an incredible story. And he was talking about how to get up when life knocks you down. And he, and to demonstrate it, he laid down, he was, he was, they had him, uh, they had him on this table as he was addressing the audience. And so to demonstrate how to get up when life knocks you down, he laid down on the table and he wiggled a little bit and he said, now he said, I have no arms. And he said, I have no legs. So he said, when life knocks me down, it's really a challenge to get up. And he said, you know, I have no arms to push myself up with. I have no legs to balance myself or try to get up. So he had nothing. He said, I have no hands to reach out and grab and pull up. He said, I have nothing. But he said, even me with no arms and with no legs. Do you know he found a way to get up? He used his head. And he literally took his head and propped it against something and pulled himself up with his head. So he said, no matter what comes in life, even with no arms, no legs, he still found a way. And I believe it's, it, it's that way with all of us. There's an innate ability, it's the power of Christ at work in us, that enables us to bounce back from whatever life has brought against us. There's something there. There's, a, there's an inner power you don't even realize is there, but it is there. Um, the Apostle Paul, he gloried in this. He said, when I'm at my weakest point, he said, then I glory because I know then the power of Christ will rest on me. When you can't do it, when, there, when it seems like it's not possible, when all odds are against you, that is one of the greatest times that the power of God will rest on your life to demonstrate that you can bounce back and you can overcome any obstacle or adversity that ever challenges you in life. It's the a, it's a power of God that's at work in our lives to, to push us. To challenge us, to show us what we're made of, to show us that we have that power to bounce back. And so adversity is not to, is not to destroy us, is not to destroy us, it's for us to overcome it. And so I want to share with you, um, some things. I like, uh, Micah chapter 7. You don't have to turn there, but Micah chapter 7, verse 8. He says this. He says, when I fall, I shall arise. No, he didn't say if I fall. He says, when I fall, I shall arise. In other words, he was saying, I'm gonna overcome I'm going to overcome anything that knocks me down. I'm not going to stay down. I'm going to get back up again. And so he's talking about that same overcoming adversity spirit. He said, when I fall, I shall arise. And he actually was talking to his enemies. He said, don't rejoice too quickly, my enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. You haven't seen the end of me yet. You haven't seen all of me yet. See, that's where the devil, that's where the devil messes up. When the devil leaves you half alive, that's where he messes up. He left you half alive, which means you got enough life in you to come back. And when you come back, you come back stronger than you were before. 
See, he thinks he's leaving you half dead. No, he's leaving you half alive. And that's where he messed up. Devil, you should have finished me out where you had the chance. Because you left a little life in me. I can bounce back. And I can come back stronger. Now, now the power of Christ is resting in me and on me. And so it's a powerful thing. So I love, I love uh, Micah's spirit there. He, he goes on to say, when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. And notice that. Even when he said, even when I'm in darkness, he said, God's going to be a light. God's going to be a light. He's, in other words, you can't shut me off in the utter darkness. I'm still somehow, I'm going to find the light. I'm going to find the light. And it's that overcoming adversity spirit that he had. I read an interesting uh, story, a life story of a gentleman who had Hodgkin's disease when he was a teenager. The doctors had told him he had three months to live, which is a form of cancer. He had three months to live. And he overcame that. And then two years later, he was diagnosed with Askin's sarcoma, another cancer. This time, they only gave him two weeks to live. And guess what? He overcame that. See, he already had a track record of overcoming obstacles, overcoming adversity. He overcame that. And so, I'm going to tell you what this gentleman does today just for fun. He's the only cancer survivor who has climbed and stood at the top of the tallest mountain on earth, Mount Everest. And he said he took a flag with all of the cancer patients that he knew. He put their names on it and he stuck that flag on top of the mountain just as a sign, just as a representative to say, we're not giving in to cancer. We're not going to let cancer defeat the human spirit and the, the, the spirit of might and what can be accomplished and what we can overcome. And so he defeated cancer twice. They had given him up to die. He climbed, he's the only cancer survivor, first one to do it, the only one that's done it, I think, climbed Mount Everest, stuck a flag on top of it. And now he's been to three other tall mountains. He's been to other continents. His goal, he said his goal is to go to all seven continents to find the highest mountain in every continent and the places marked there. That's an overcoming spirit. He's overcoming adversity and he's letting them know climbing High mountains on the peak of the earth just to, to be an inspiration to people, to let them know no matter what uh, blow has been dealt you in life, you can overcome it. You can. There is hope. You can overcome it. You can come back. And so um, I want to I particularly share some things, um, and I won't get a chance to finish. I had, I had planned to finish this series today, but I'm going to actually take one more week to uh, share some principles and strategies to overcome adversity. Uh, but today I wanted to really share um, some of the things that adversity does for us. That is, it's not a destructive tool when you really understand it and you have it in its proper perspective. And I just want to, just want to share some things um, about it versus what it does for us. And I don't necessarily have any particular order, but I just want to share five or six things that adversity does for us in our lives and how really uh, it's actually to our advantage when you really understand it and gain a proper perspective of it. It's not what happens to you 
but it's your ability to respond. It's how you respond to what happens to you that really makes the difference. Remember we said in session one that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And that's because you have an opportunity to choose how you will respond um, to those things that cause pain. And so you don't have to suffer. Suffering is brought on by your response ability, your ability to respond. And so um, when you respond properly to adversity, adversity really becomes a blessing instead of a curse. So when you have the proper perspective and the proper uh, mindset, the proper thought pattern, the proper perspective, and really understand it, you'll see that adversity is, is a blessing. I'm going to just share some things, five or six things with you in our time remaining today that um, adversity does for us, what it, what it does for us. Number one, adversity, uh, it helps us to appreciate. It helps us to appreciate. You need winter to appreciate spring. You need rain to appreciate a sunny day. You need a storm to appreciate the calm, the peace. You need sickness to appreciate health. I remember uh, a few weeks ago, I had a terrible cold. And man, when I got finished with that cold, I had a different appreciation for health. I said, man, it is, I, feel, I was so happy to be well again. I said, well, Lord Jesus, I'm happy to be well. And I didn't appreciate being well all along. But after I came out of that rough cold, and that was just a cold. So you can imagine what, you know, when you have to really deal with serious illnesses. But just out of a cold, I had so much. I was like, Lord, thank you so much. It is such a blessing to be well. I had a different appreciation. Because when you walk around all congested, your nose running, sneezing, coughing, chest hurting, stomach hurting, head hurting. You just feel awful. You feel so bad. You just don't, you know, you just don't feel like, go, you know, it's just, it is, anybody ever had a cold in here? And so when I got rid of that cold, I was like, Lord, it is so wonderful to be well. I had a different appreciation for being well after having been sick. So adversity causes, it causes you to appreciate. And so you need, you need certain things. Um, you need certain things in life to make you appreciate certain things. Number two, adversity draws us closer to God. Some of your greatest spiritual moments, some of your greatest um, encounters with God will come out of your adversity because it's in those times of adversity where you cling to God, you pray more, you're hungrier for God, you're, you, are, you, you just have to have God. And so you, you run to him and you pour your heart out to him, you cry to him, and, and so you really give yourself to God. And God, you know, he, he becomes everything to you. So that is another benefit of adversity. A lot of us wouldn't be... Uh, as close to God, or we, we wouldn't have as many spiritual experiences. Some of the great spiritual experiences come out of our adversity, out of our adversity. So um, it, it draws us closer to God. That's number two. It draws us closer to God. Um, number three, we said this uh, last time, but adversity makes us stronger. You get a chance to find out what you're made out of. Adversity, the Bible uses, you know, over in First Peter, the Bible uses fire, how, what fire does. We, we said that fire tempers steel. Steel gains its strength because of the fire. 
Fire purifies and refines gold. So gold becomes a different quality because of being in the fire. It's a different quality. So fire adversity strengthens us. It refines us. It purifies our faith. All foolishness is, is, is pushed out of your life when something serious happens in your life. You don't have time for foolishness. You don't have time. Uh, sin is not as tempting when you're going through something. See, that's, that mess is purged out of your life. Fire will purify your life. When you need God to move on your behalf, your life is purified. So you're not, you're not, you're not trying to get involved with a lot of sin and foolishness. So there's something there where it strengthens us, it purifies us, it, it refines us. It challenges us. It stretches us. Keeps us alive. Keeps us active. It it energizes us. Um, some of the things there. Listen to this. This verse. You don't have to turn there. But First Peter chapter four verse twelve. One translation reads: Don't be amazed at the fiery ordeal that's taking place to test your quality, as though something strange was happening. And so he says. You know, think it not strange that you're in this situation. It, this is happening to test you, to see what you're made out of. See what kind of stock you're from. See what kind of backbone you got. See what kind of resilience see, you have. See if you can take a punch and get back up. I like Rocky. I'm a big Rocky fan. I've, I've seen all, how many of the James? Six of them, I believe. <laughs> Number six just came out. He's, he's about 80 years old in this one. But I was still excited to go see Rocky. I'm a Rocky, I'm a big Rocky fan. I've seen all six of them. But in this last, he was 80 years old. And his son was probably 40. His son was big. He said, Dad, you're too old. Oh, please don't go back in there. And he, he turned to his son, and I'll never forget it. And he said, he said, son, he said, what makes a champion is not how hard you can punch. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember. But he said, he said, it is your ability to be able to take a punch. He said, he said, your ability to be able to take the punch and come back. He said, that's what makes, he said, that's what champions are made of. And so, in, in the movie, he, he's about 80 years old. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. He's, you know, he's not quite that old. He's about 80 years old in the movie. And he's finding a young fighter of his day who's probably, you know, in his prime, who's probably in his late 20s, the, the youngest, you know, prime fighter, prize fighter there he's fighting. And in the, in the middle of the fight, they show Rocky taking that hard hit, and he turns as if he was going to fall. But he remembers what he told his son. It's your ability to take a punch and to come back. And when he rolls back up, oh, man, my heart just, I just went crazy. <laughs> I said, that's my boy Rocky. That's my boy Rocky. <laughs> man, Rocky will, Rocky will pump you up. You need to go. My, now, my favorite of all time is Rocket Number Four. You gotta go if you rent Rocket Number Four. It will, um, man. I, I was I was counseling somebody who was going through a terminal disease, and they were just giving up. I said rent. I told them as as a part of my counseling. I said rent Rocket Number Four. Man, I said that's gonna put some fight back in you. I said some gonna come all over you when you watch Rocket Number Four. I, I watched Rocket Number Four one time. I was at home. And man, I got a, it, it had pumped me up so much. I, I went around, my son was looking at me like I had lost my mind. <laughs> I was just boxing all through the house. <laughs> He's looking at me like I had lost my mind. 
<laughs> but adversity, adversity, adversity makes us stronger. Um, number, number, what number are we on? That's, I gave you three, I think. Number four, adversity propels us higher. Adversity propels us higher, makes us better. Someone said, don't fear the winds of adversity. Remember, a kite rises against the wind. So adversity causes us to rise higher. It makes us better. Uh, there's a, a popular saying that says, smooth seas never made good sailors. It's not the smooth seas that made good sailors. No, it's, it's those sailors who had to face some tempestuous winds and tormenting rains and storms. That's where you learn how to sail. And so it's, it's adversity. It makes us better. That's where you're tried. That's where you gain experience. The Bible actually says, um, the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 5, it says now when adversity comes, it, it works patience or endurance. And he says, which also works experience. So this is where you get your experience from. You know, airlines, when they train pilots, they put them in a simulator and they don't simulate clear skies. That's not the bulk of their training. The bulk of their training is they're simulating storms. They're simulating adverse circumstances. They're simulating what happens if an engine blows out or what happens if one of the, um, the wheels blow out. You know, what happens to if one of the wings, something happens? They are simulating adverse circumstances to show pilots, to test them, to see what they would do when they're really tried. So it, adversity gives us experience, and God does us the same way. He allows us to go through problems so we can be able to handle problems in our lives. Stop running from every bad thing that happens to you, and God wants us to learn how to handle some things. you got to have adversity to teach you how to handle, to how to navigate through life. So adversity makes us better. It causes us to rise Higher and God uses He uses that adversity to to make us better, test our quality, to make us rise higher. How many is that? That's, is that five or four? That's four, five, six. I got at least two more that we'll have to tack on. We'll tack them on to next week when I give you the strategies to uh, overcome an adversity. But thank you all so much for joining us. I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message absolutely free of charge, and you can email it to a friend absolutely free of charge as well. But we thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to airjesus.com and the online word.com. This was the third of four messages in the Overcoming Adversity series by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7407. That's 7407. The next message is number 7408. To listen to the entire series, click series on the online word.com. Listen to airjesus.com and the online word.com often and keep your spirit charged up.